Well, good morning. My name is Greg Vicar. I'm one of the pastors here. It's good to see you all. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us online. We're continuing in our series, The Secret Sauce of Christianity. So if you're joining us today, you may wonder, what's the secret sauce? If you've never heard what's the secret sauce, I want to tell you, we're going through a study of 1 John, and 1 John speaks to the practicality of Scripture. There were two major objections in Christianity when Paul was writing this letter. One was just that Jesus was a good man, and John declares in John 1, 1 John 1, he he said Jesus wasn't just a good man, he was God, he was divine, and also that God would never become man, and John John talks about his incarnation, that that he, he, he knew him, he knew him personally. So words written 2,000 years ago apply to us today. Isn't that amazing? that we can see what God has said. So the secret sauce we're talking about is there is no secret. It's Jesus. Jesus is the one that we have access to the Father through because of his shed blood. When we started this series, we gave you an overview. I believe there's still some some handouts at the Connect Center if you want one. We're making progress. We're we're a couple of of teachings away from the end, but this morning we're going to be talking about testing the spirits. And I've titled my message, Which Way is the Right Way? So how many of you know that we live in a culture, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? And it feels like it's just getting crazier every day. Have you ever seen the bumper sticker coexist? Right? I've seen that. And I look at that and I'm like, you know, what does the word of God have to say? Right? How do I coexist when the word of God says, this is the message. 1 John 1, 5 says, the message we've heard from Jesus and now declare to you is God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. So how can light and darkness coexist? Can they? No, it's, it's just not possible. Like there's darkness and you turn on a light and boom, the darkness is gone. Now I understand the sentiment about coexist is, hey, we all need to get along. And we do. First John tells us we should love our brothers, right? So there's never a reason to, 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 to argue. We can disagree, but we can disagree respectfully. But like we've got to come to the word of God and say, God, show us what is the truth There's not many truths that lead to heaven. That's not in the Bible, right? Jesus said this, he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. Now, Jesus made some really bold claims when he says this. You'd be like, come on, Jesus, really? Like, there's no way but you? What about this? What about that? Well, you know what? Tell me one other person that came to earth, died, and rose from the dead. Like, he backed his claims up. He's either the son of God or he's a lunatic, He's either God himself or he should be in the insane asylum. No, he is the son of God. We can take his word to be true. So how can we know the right way? How can we know what truth is? All right, buckle up. We're going to 1 John 4. You ready? Let's read it. 1 John 4, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and is indeed already here. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world, 
So they speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. That's how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. Father God, I pray today as we go through your word, Lord Jesus, show us what the spirit of truth is. Lord, help us hold the light of of your word to what we believe, Lord, and and make a decision today, Lord. We're either going to choose the way of your truth, Lord, or we're going to choose the way of the world. We, We can't walk in both camps. Lord, so I ask in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, illuminate your word to us. Let it speak to each one of our hearts, God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as we go through these six verses, it's not a lot of verses. I've got a couple of takeaways. I'm not going to take the verses in order, but I'm going to start here with takeaway number one. There's two spirits. We saw here in 1 John 2, uh, 4, verse 2 and 3, that there's a spirit of God or a spirit of truth, right? If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. So that's one spirit. And now there's another spirit. If someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist. So did you know that there's two spirits? There's a spiritual world that we can't see. Like a lot of us, we got in a car, we drove here. That's the physical world. You had toast for breakfast, you know, whatever it was. That's the physical world. There's a spiritual world. It's the spirit of God and the spirit of the Antichrist or the spirit of the enemy. And they're at war. And a lot of times when we're walking through stuff, we don't see it in the physical realm, but we're walking through spiritual stuff that's going on, right? You you know, certain things might happen in your life, and it's not just a natural cause and effect. It's a spiritual clashing going on where the enemy is trying to distract you. He's trying to take your eyes away from Jesus, and stuff is happening. So this is what John's trying to tell us. Like, open up your eyes, Be aware that there is a spiritual battle going on. Watch out for the Antichrist and for the viewpoint of the world, right? That's exactly what he's saying. Watch out for this viewpoint because some are going to have it and it's not the way I'm calling you to live. You know, this past year at kids camp, uh, we're always looking for new volunteers and we had a new volunteer for the head of security. His name is Ryan Nix. I don't know if you know him. So Ryan works for the state police and we were having a discussion about security and you know what? Where this guy's mind went was where my, I don't think about these kinds of things. But he's like, Greg, this could happen and this could happen. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But you know what? Ryan deals with evil people every day. He sees the result of evil people. He's on the lookout for it. He's watching for it so that he can prevent it. He can be one step ahead of it. Thank God we got people in our police force to do that, right? But guys, I wasn't thinking that way because I'm like, oh, we're going to have a bunch of kids. This is going to be great. There's no threat. There's no harm. Watch out for the Antichrist. Watch out for the viewpoint of the world. Be aware of it because once you're aware of it, you can anticipate it. You can be one step ahead of it. You're always got your eyes open. You're, you know, head on a swivel, so to speak, right? You're looking around. God, what is it that you want me to be aware of? That's takeaway number one. Number two. 1 John 4, 1 says, Dear friends, don't believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see that the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. 
You know, we have a family dinner every Sunday with my family. Um, my four kids were home this summer, and it was 17 of us for family dinner. But usually, uh, Dan and Miranda and their four kids are in, in Kenya, so it's just the rest of us remaining. We're, we're only 11, right? But my grandkids were learning how to make conversation at the dinner table. And one night at the dinner table, they said, Pop, did you have any pets growing up? Could you tell us a pet story? And I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. You know, the grandkids are bringing up topics to talk about. And I'm like, actually, I had a lot of pets growing up, but they weren't the kind of pets that most people have. So I grew up in New York on Long Island. We lived on a pond, and I would have ducks that lost their mama, right? And we would raise ducks. I had a duck named Dagbert. We found a squirrel once, the little squirrel. His, his mom was nowhere to be found. We took the squirrel and we raised him. We named the squirrel Pancratius Boudreau. And you might ask, well, that's a funny name. Why did you name the squirrel Pancratius Boudreau? Well, we had had a missionary come visit us a couple of weeks before, and his name was Pancratius Boudreau, so we named the squirrel after him. <laughs> and then we had a bird that we found a little baby bird, and we raised a bird, and we called him Thurban. But once we let Thurban go out in the wild, we could go out in the backyard and go, Thurban! And you know what? This blackbird would come and he'd land on your arm. I got a picture of him landing on my shoulder. But, but one time, there was a lady visiting my mom and she wanted to see, is this really going to happen? And Thurban came and tried to land on her head. And she's like, nah, nah. All right, so I'm telling you these stories and you're like, come on. Right? I think my son-in-law, Josh, he's got like, boy, is he telling a tall tale now to my kids? Like, you know, don't lie to my kids. Well, then my twin sister comes for a visit. And they asked my twin sister the same question. And you know what? She starts naming about Egbert and Thurban. But she's even more animated and going beyond the story. So like they fact-checked me. They fact-checked <laughs> me with my sister, with my own sister. But the question is this. Do we believe everything we've heard? Right? Those are crazy stories, but they're true stories. I lived them. But do we believe everything that we've heard? We need to test the spirit. In my case, with the pet stories, there was another person they could talk to. If you can't talk to another person, what do you do to test the spirits? Right? What do we do when we hear something spiritually and we don't know? Is that viewpoint biblical or is it not biblical? Right? Where do we go to test the spirit or to fact check what we're hearing? So I want to cover a few ways that we can test the spirit. The first question we can ask is, does it agree with Scripture? All right, 1 John 1, 5 says, people who belong to the world speak from the world's viewpoint and the world listens to them. We have to understand that there's two viewpoints going on. There's the world's viewpoint, the spirit of the Antichrist, and there's God and his spirit of truth that we see revealed in, in the word of God. 2, Corinthians, or in 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us what, what is right. You know, there's a, a point that each one of us comes to, hopefully in our lives, where we recognize, hey, I'm not here on this earth just to live a good life, to have fun, to make money, and, and to enjoy things. I'm here because God created me for a purpose. And I need to come to know him. I need to find freedom. I need to discover my purpose. And he wants me then to make a difference, right? That starts when we enter into relationship with Jesus and we give our lives to him as our Lord and Savior. But once we do that, there's a process that God wants to work us into his image. And it's a daily process called sanctification, right? So every day, God is showing us a little bit more. 
we, we want to become more like Jesus every day. How do we do that? It's because we read his word. And you know what? I see things in the word and I'm like, wow, I'm not living that. I'm not doing that. I'm not believing that. And now I got a question to ask myself. Am I going to stay where I am? Or am I going to go from where I am, the world viewpoint, and now, God, I want your truth? And all of us have those decisions to make. And frankly, we have to make them more and more each day, right? Because we're seeing a lot of the world. We're seeing a lot of craziness going on around us. Well, what does the word of God have to say? Just like I asked you when I got up here after worship, have you ever heard this saying that God's not going to give you more than you're able to bear? Like we hear these things. And they're not, they're not truth. It's, it's a twist of what's in the Bible. But it sounds good, doesn't it? Like, oh, yeah, God's not going to give us more than we're able to bear. God, you're crushing me. Why are you doing this to me? Because he wants you to look to him. He wants you to say, he's the only person that can rescue me. So test number one, does it agree with Scripture? Matthew 7, 13, and 14 says, Wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. My dad would tell me that scripture growing up, and he's like, Greg, if you're going the same way as everybody else in the world, you're probably going the wrong way. And I'd be like, ugh, that hurts. Like, I'm in junior high, I'm in high school, I want to fit in. And he's like, if you're working hard to fit in, you're probably doing the wrong thing. I'm like, all right, Jesus, you've called me to know you, to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I want to live a life that's separated. This earth is not our home, right? We're sojourners is what the Bible tells us. We're, we're looking towards heaven. That's where we're going. This earth, is, this earth is our training ground. We shouldn't be fitting in. We should be a light, right? Light dispels darkness. We're, we're not called to be dark like everything else. Second test, what's the fruit Matthew 7, 15 and 16 says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. Did you know that false prophets come disguised as harmless sheep? Like, wow, we, we need the Ryan Nixes of the world to point out and say, hey, watch out for this, watch out for that. It looks like a sheep, but it's not really a sheep. They come disguised as harmless sheep, but they're really vicious wolves. Can you identify them? You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from a thorn bush or figs from thistles? You know, if I hear someone preaching here in this pulpit or in another church, or I see someone online, or I see, see someone on TV, just because they're a preacher and they sound good, I don't want to believe everything they say. I want to fact check them with the Word of God. Does it say that in the Word? When I was growing up, I would hear things in the church I was going to that didn't line up with the Word of God. And I had to make a choice. Is this a church I'm going to stay in, or am I going to try to follow what the Word of God has to say? So think about what, what happens in the world. This is how we know people by their fruit. If you can have a con an honest conversation and you can disagree well, you know what? I love that fruit. It's when you have an honest conversation and someone disagrees with you that all of a sudden you're a bigot and you're this and you're that. Oh my goodness, I, I was just sharing my viewpoint like you were sharing your viewpoint. Like what's the fruit that we're seeing sometimes come against us? You'll know people by the fruit. Another way we test the spirits is we get insight from the Holy Spirit. 1 John 2.27 
We covered this a couple weeks ago. It says, As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. So what is it saying? It's saying that when we go before God, there's an anointing that he's put within each one of us. And we, we see that, you know, when a lot of times we say, I think the Spirit of God is telling me this. What does that really mean? The Spirit of God? Did you hear an audible voice? Like, what's going on? So God can talk to us through his word. He can talk to us sometimes through circumstances. He can use godly counsel. But he also talks to us, his spirit to our spirit. And as he talks to our spirit, we hear it as a thought in our mind. But he's talking to our spirit. And see, what we find in in, uh, John 10, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Do you know what the spirit of God sounds like? If you don't, it's a process. We, I want to help you learn what the Spirit of God sounds like. But, but there is a spirit, there's an anointing that we all have, and God shows us what's true and what isn't true. I remember being a young believer. I was, yeah, I was in a, a charismatic prayer meeting, and in the middle of this prayer meeting, someone got up and gave a word in tongues. And you know what, as they were, I, I had heard tongues, I didn't speak in tongues, but I, I heard it, something didn't settle right with me, and I'm like, ooh. I don't know what it is. That's just just not right. And you know what? As soon as the person was done, the prayer meeting leader got up and said, that was not the spirit of God. I don't want you to listen to that. And the person that spoke got up and walked out. And I'm like, whoa, what is going on right now? And later I come to find out this gentleman that had come in, he was from a cult. And he wasn't speaking in tongues like you or I might speak in tongues. It was a false tongue. And the, the prayer meeting leader saw it, spoke it out, and I'm like, you know what? God had spoken the same thing to me. I knew. I knew something was wrong in my spirit. I just had that check. And there's times that we go through life that if we're listening to the Holy Spirit, he'll give a peace to confirm something. He'll give us a check and say, uh, don't go that way. Why? God, what are you saying? Let me look back to your word. Let me see what your word has to say. But God will talk to us in our spirits. And lastly, 1 John 4 tells us, what do they believe about Jesus? Do they acknowledge the truth about Jesus? Last week, I was having a conversation down here after church with a couple of brothers, and and one brother said, hey, have you ever heard the statement that Satan is the brother of Jesus? Is that true? I'm like, no, that's not true. You remember that, don't you? I'm like, no, that's not true. That's what you hear from the Mormon church, because they don't believe in the deity of Jesus. They don't believe that Jesus was God, so Jesus has a brother, and his brother's name is Satan. I'm like, no, you've got to know the word of God because it's all around us. What is true? Go to the word. Find it. You can fact check it, right? So that's takeaway number two. Don't believe everything you hear. Takeaway number three. 1 John 4, 4 says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Amen? So the victory is already won. Now, I get a question like this all the time. If the victory is already won, then why is there still sin in the world? Why is there suffering in the world? Why, why do we still have these things? Why did God let this happen or that happen or the other happen? Great question. Let's understand what the word of God is really saying to us. Jesus won the victory over sin when he died on the cross. He goes to heaven and he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He invites us in to sit with him at the right hand of the Father and have that victory. But Jesus is coming back someday to judge the earth, and he's not come back yet. 
All right, why not? Jesus, why don't you come back? Well, I'll tell you why he hasn't come back. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. So God is tarrying. Jesus is waiting, not coming back to earth yet to put an end to all the madness because there's one more soul that needs to know him. There's one more that needs to be repent. One more that's got to be saved and be rescued. And that's our job. We're to be the light. So God puts us here on this earth for a reason. He's not coming to destroy sin yet. Satan is the ruler of this world. That's what the Bible says. But Jesus has already won the victory and he's coming back someday and he's going to take and, and, and announce the victory and we're going to see an end to it. But until he comes, we're his ambassadors. We're his marketing team. We're the ones to go and to let people know this is what the word of God has to say. Greater is he that's within us than he that's within the world. Did you know the enemy tries a number of different things? He's, he's got a very small playbook that he can come from, right? If he can't lie to you, then he'll try to make you too busy so you become ineffective, right? It's either he's going to give you a lie or he's going to wear you out, right? That's, that's two of his main strategies. So which one do you find yourself dealing with? Is it the lies that he's coming at that, hey, I, I don't really know the word of God. I've been believing this. Well, maybe you need to spend more time in his word, Right? That, that's how I try to combat that one. You know what? There's been times in my life where I have been run ragged, and it's hard to be a light when you're on no sleep and you're stressed out and you got, you know, Jesus knows there's 24 hours in a day. When he says my burden is easy and my yoke is light, maybe I'm trying to put 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10-pound sack and it just won't work. I got to let go of some things, right? So that's what God says when he's like, greater is he that's within you than he is within the world. He's got a plan. Trust him. Ask him. He'll show you. He'll show us what to do. So as we end this message, which way is the right way? How do we know? Well, here's some guiding principles. Watch out for the Antichrist. Watch out for the viewpoint of this world. Don't believe everything you hear. Test the spirit. Egbert, really? You had a duck named Edbert? I'm going to go and find out if you really had a duck named Egbert. I'm going to go and ask someone. I'm going to go look into the word of God and see, is this really right or, or is it not right? Greater is he that's within us than he that's within the world. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? Chris, would you come up and play? You know, when we had pre-service prayer, I, I had a close intended for this service and God just interrupted that. And said, no, I, I, think there's, I think there's a question that you got to ask people. And you know, this is the question that I felt God put on my heart as we were praying before service this morning. Some of us, we've been walking in a direction that we thought is the right way to go. But you know what, if we're honest, we don't know if it's biblical. We don't know if it's, if it's not biblical because we don't really know the Bible yet. And we may, have, we may be holding on to certain beliefs in our life. We may be holding on to certain uh, addictions or certain struggles and saying, no, this is what I got to do. This is the right way for me. And God is saying, no, I got a better way for you. I, I have a way of freedom, like he's spoken to our brothers here. But, but you know what? Just because their sin might be more visible than your sin doesn't mean that God doesn't have a way of freedom for you and me too. So the question is this, are you willing to go God's way? Or are you on the slippery slope of listening to the world and, and you don't even know that you're on the slippery slope? 
But yet there's that something on the inside, the Holy Spirit is coming, and you're like, I'm not sure I'm feeling comfortable with this anymore. We need to listen. When the Holy Spirit starts to give us that uncomfortableness, that's the time we respond to God and we say, God, I I want you. I want more of you in my life. This no God is not a one-time no God. I come to know Jesus more and more every day. He reveals things in my life. I'm not living to the word of God. God, you know what? I want to give it up. I want to repent. I I want to tell you all over again, God, you got my life. And I think there's some of us here today that we're, we're like standing at the, the gate of the Red Sea. God has parted the water. But we're looking at that wall of water saying, can I, can I really take a step? Is that wall going to come down on me? And we're paralyzed. We've not taken the step to cross into the freedom that God would have us cross into. You know what? If this, is, if this is resonating with you right now, God is speaking to your heart. It's not my words. It's his spirit ministering to you. But I want to give you a chance to respond today. Some of us, we're not living what the word of God has to say. You know it. You know where it is. You need to come to, to the Father and say, Father God, I, I need you. So would you, would you close your eyes for a minute? If you're here today and what I'm saying is like, oh my gosh, Greg, you're speaking to me. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. If, if you know that you're, you're not where you need to be, you need Jesus in a fresh way in your life, raise your hand. But here's, when we pray here in a minute, I, thank you, I see all these hands. When we pray here in a minute, the repentance is between you and the Father. You don't have to repent to me. It's between you and God. But you know what? When God says for us to repent, it doesn't mean we keep walking in the same direction. It means we turn around and we turn towards him and we walk a different direction. So, Father God, I pray for each one that's raised a hand. Lord, each one that recognizes they're not walking where you would have them walk. God, the Spirit is ministering to them right now. And Jesus, collectively, we say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for falling short. I'm sorry for going the wrong way. Jesus, I'm not going to be on this slippery slope anymore. I want your way. I want your truth. I want your life. So, God, I'm giving you everything today. Lord, I'm giving you my all. Jesus, I repent where I've done wrong. I repent where I'm heading in the wrong direction, believing the wrong things, God. Give me, give me the strength to believe in the truth. Give me, this, give me the knowledge to know what is true as I read your word. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have that anointing inside of me because I'm your child today. So, Lord, bless, bless us today as we walk this week. Lord, let this message stay with us, God, that we wouldn't believe everything we hear. We would test the spirits. And, Lord, we'd know that greater is he that's within us and he that's within the world. Thank you for the victory, Jesus. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. If you would like prayer, we're going to have a prayer team here. uh, and They're going to be walking up right now. Please come forward and and pray with us. If you want to pray with someone and agree in prayer about what God was speaking to you, that would be awesome too. So thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us online. God bless.